Okay, Liz, here's some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, multiple systems, delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs, you cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems, and you improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. Here's the question. Have we reached a point of comfort level with the writers in our Zoom room that I can wear my robe in our morning session? <laughs> no. No. I would say doing doing the robe with me and Chuck for the podcast when we're like just rolling in and I'm sitting in my closet. That's one thing. <laughs> I think, I think the room might be over the line. Okay, so noted. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a back superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Sarah Fain, a TV writer and producer living in LA or Minnesota at the moment, and with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Liz. That's me, Liz Craft. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. Today, we're going to talk about what we are calling our layer cake philosophy, then in hits and bombs, we have a hit for a new documentary and a bomb for a super problematic New York Times article about the inimitable and brilliant producer, Jamie Tarsus, who died this month. Yes, it's an article that has a lot of women, particularly women in Hollywood, pretty pissed off. Yes. And then we have some thoughts on a listener question about being called dear at work. Yes, that is still happening. And this week's Hollywood hack is probably the most important thing you can do for your skin. And if you are not doing it, you should start now. But first, we have a couple updates. Yeah, first, we want to let everyone know our Happier in Hollywood Sillipint travel cups are sold out. We've said this before, but we think it's worth mentioning again. We may get more at some point, but it'll probably be a while. Meantime, if anyone knows a woman and or BIPOC-owned company that does custom stationery, let us know, because we are thinking we might go that direction for our next merchandise foray. And we do want to thank everyone who bought one of our Sillipines. We do love them so. Yes, we do. And then, second update, we also want to Thank you for all of the amazing recommendations on what to wear in Puerto Rico. We asked in our last episode for any suggestions about clothes that would be both professional and 
good in a hot climate. We got more emails on this than we've gotten about anything, Liz, ever. Yes. And Sarah, it has sent me down a rabbit hole. I mean, I have <laughs> link after link. I bought three pair of pants yesterday. Believe I, I have a pants buying disease now. It's all about linen and is it Laocell, Sarah? Is that how you say it? I don't know if it's Laocell or Lyocell. I'm not sure. We now know we need waterproof bags. We are just getting so many fantastic suggestions. Yes, via email and also on the Facebook group. Annie even sent us a mood board, Liz. Have you seen the mood board yet? It just came in like right before we started recording. No, I have not seen the mood board, (laughs) but I will be perusing it as soon as we're done. I am loving this. Sarah, I think we're going to have to do some sort of follow-up where we share the most common suggestions because there are definitely certain items that crop up over and over again, like the Athleta Brooklyn pant. Yes. Like, I think about 10 people have emailed about that. And uh, is it called Bagalini? Bagalini crossbody bags. Those have come up multiple times. Yes. And I just have to say, I'm not buying anything yet because I'm in Minnesota and then I have to go back to L.A. before Puerto Rico. So I'm just kind of keeping a running list of all of these things. And then when I know where I should have things shipped, (laughs) then I will start to buy things. But thank you. We're going to be the most well-prepared showrunners, like, in history. (laughs) Yes, we are. Okay, Sarah, it is time for From the Treadmill Desk of, in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. This week, it's our layer cake philosophy. Yes. So we've all seen these fabulous photos of these gorgeous layer cakes with just like layer after layer after layer. And you cut in, it's like a rainbow of colors. They're stunningly beautiful and masterful kind of works of art. And our layer cake philosophy is that all of the best things are created layer by layer. Yes. And I find this very comforting when we're breaking a story, like we have been working on our pilot for Fantasy Island. And what you have to realize as you're going through the process is that it's not going to be complete with the first layer. One layer of a layer cake does not a layer cake make. (laughs) So what you have to know is that you're going to keep adding. You're going to keep making it richer, more complex, um, adding, let's say, hints of flavor. And that when you get all the layers together, it will be great, but you can't rush it. Right. Because just like a cake with a good story, there are so many elements that need to come together. The structure has to be right. The characters have to be fully fleshed out. The emotion has to be landing how you want it and where you want it. And when you're doing something with A stories and B stories, and in some shows, C, D, E, F stories, they all have to weave together in a way that works. And it just doesn't happen all at once. And they also interact with each other. You know, when when the structure changes, something you want from a character may change. Or when an emotion is landing particularly well here, you may decide you want to change the structure. Like, it all, it's just a process. This is why... As we say, we always, we love whiteboards because they are easily erased. Mm-hmm. And some people like cards because you can easily throw them away. It's like anything that we do 
can go away just as quickly as it appeared and be replaced, Hmm. hopefully, by something better. Yeah, especially when stories are broken quickly. The layers are not all going to be there. There'll be more layers in the outline and then more in the first draft and then hopefully more in the second draft and so on. It is a process, like I said. Yeah, and when we first started talking about this, we thought, oh, this is like a Craft and Fane segment. And then we realized, well, wait, this actually totally applies equally to work relationships. Yes. It's interesting, Sarah, because we were really worried with working solely on Zoom that we wouldn't really get to know the writers, that it would just be very stilted. Um, you know. And look, it is harder to get to know people over Zoom. There's just no two yeah. ways about it. But as we are working, the layer cake philosophy also applies to the people we're working with. Because, you know, you introduce yourselves and then every conversation, you add a little bit of layer to the relationship that goes for the assistants, the script coordinator, the writers, all of these relationships will get more and more layered over time. I mean, that's what I love most about being a TV writer is the other people. I like working with the other people. So for me, that's really the most gratifying part. So I'm glad that even over Zoom, it's happening. Yeah. And there's even an argument to be made that in some ways we're getting to know people a little better because we're seeing people in their homes. Like (laughs) Adria, who's our number two on the show, we we know all about her cats because she has this giant cat that comes and sits on her lap. And he's so sweet. And like Ben, we're like, oh, Ben's sitting here today. And, you know, Mary moved her office because her wife has like got a new job. So they need like different spaces in the apartment. It's like, we do kind of really That's get true. into people's lives and people see Violet all all the time because she comes in oh, yeah. like she got a haircut. She came in to show off her new haircut. So there's actually an argument that we're getting to know people better than we would if we were just in an office. That is true. So anyway, it's a reminder to give things time. Let the layers happen. The layers will develop and then you will have a wonderful, yummy cake. Even if it's a Zoom cake. Okay, Liz, it is time for the mailroom segment, which means we're going to answer a listener question. And this question was actually in our Facebook group, but we thought it was something that would resonate with many, many listeners. We're not going to share the person's name, but here is the question. I'd love some advice on a weird work situation, she wrote. I have clients at my job, and I really enjoy most of them. We work with local governments, so my clients are all government officials and truly great people. However, I'm a fairly young 26-year-old woman, and I look young as well, and clients keep calling me dear or honey or sweetheart. Y'all, I am an educated professional doing a hard job training and implementing advanced software. I am a grown-up working woman, not an obedient dog or child. If it's a much older woman, I don't mind and have let it slide. But recently, it's been happening with 30-something men. Kinda icky. Well, I confronted one of the worst offenders. He would address emails, hey, dear. I'm sorry, can you hear how appalled I am in my voice? (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Um, Okay, he would address emails, hey, dear. And he told me it was cultural in his way of not misspelling my name. Um, okay. By the way, my confrontation was responding to the email and including a, by the way, I do prefer the person's name. Thanks. Smiley emoji. 
Anyways, I guess beyond venting, my questions are, is this common? Being called pet names at work? How do you respond? And if my client is mad at me when we next meet, is it my fault? Was I rude? Should I apologize? Oh my God, I have so many feelings about this. Liz, take it away. Well, I have to say we got lots of answers to this in the Facebook group. Everyone agreed that, of course, she should have said something and she should not think she was rude. She absolutely was not rude. But I think most people agree that it's best to try to use humor to diffuse but get your point across. So what a lot of people suggested, which seems like a good solution to me, is to respond with in kind. So Uh. if they say, hi, dear, say, hey, sweetie, something that will be like obviously ridiculous and pointed out, but kind of in a fun way. And I know that can be dicey. That can go bad because people can can get offended. But I mean, you have to do something. And I think what she did, which just said... By the way, I do prefer my name is, I mean, who can get mad at that, for goodness sake? No, I think what she did is perfect. And she did the wonderful thing of saying thank you instead of apologizing. You know, she wasn't sorry, but Mm. she said, clearly, I prefer my name. Thanks. And then a smiley emoji. Now, part of me is like filled with rage that the smiley emoji is necessary. I know. But... I do think it was wise. I just, to me, I don't think she should feel bad or anyone in this situation should feel bad for a moment. Like, just let that go about wanting to be called your name instead of dear or sweetie or honey or like, ew. And I also want to say to the 30-something men out there who are listening to this, Do not ever, no matter the age of someone you are working with professionally, call them dear honey, sweetie, or anything other than the name of the human being with whom you are working. They have a name. Please call them by their name. Yeah, I was just like, who the fuck do these guys think they are? I I know. I was furious. (laughs) Um, I also, Sarah, I would be remiss. We couldn't possibly finish this segment without mentioning that famous scene from Tootsie, which in case anyone doesn't know, um, was a movie in the 80s starring Dustin Hoffman, where he basically dressed up as a woman to get a job on a soap. And then he realized how women were treated and I think the the movie tagline was something along the lines of he had to become a woman in order to become a better man. Yeah. Anyway, there's a famous scene where he says, don't call, my name is Dorothy. Don't call me toots, tootsie, honey, sweetie. I tried to find <laughs> the exact words online, Sarah, to uh, to do a performance, but I wasn't able to. But anyway, it's just a universal thing that women don't want to be called these names by people who are not, you know, personally connected to them. I can't believe it's 2021 and that still needs to be said. Uh, yeah. Okay, coming up, we have a delightful hit And continuing our sexist theme, a sexist bomb. (laughs) We'll be back after this break. 
Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Last night, I had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice. It was so delicious. It was the perfect dinner. Head to factormeals.com slash HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com slash HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Okay, it is time for hits and bombs because Hollywood is all about big hits and big bombs. And Sarah, today I want to give a hit to a Netflix documentary series about Fran Lebowitz called Pretend It's a City. And I'll just read you the description of the documentary series. Sitting down with filmmaker Martin Scorsese, humorous Fran Lebowitz weighs in on New York City tourists, money, subways, the arts, and the not-so-simple act of walking in Times Square. So Fran Lebowitz is just one of those people I've always been aware of, but I'm not sure why. I just know that I love her and that she's hilarious. (laughs) Right. So the seven episodes of her talking just completely absorb me. It's a lot about New York. And so for anyone who loves New York, you see New York, it it just takes you away, especially during COVID, you know, when you can't Mm. go outside, it's just nice to see someone walking around New York. But what's funny is watching this, I immediately was like, I must read Fran Lebowitz's book from back in the day. Um, I think her most famous one is called Metropolitan Life. So I looked it up. Copies range from $600 to $1,000 now. Oh, my God. Okay, well, maybe they're, they'll be at the library soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, what I'm thinking is this documentary series is very popular, so I'm hoping her books get re-released. Yes. Which seems likely because the series is very popular. But it was just funny to me that clearly everyone watching had the exact same idea, and that's why they're, you know, $1,000, so. <laughs> right, Anyway, if you need, if you feel that you've seen everything on Netflix, I'm telling you, you haven't. Watch Pretend It's a City. And a lot of people are saying, Sarah, um, because Martin Scorsese does, a lot of it is him interviewing her, is that find yourself a person who laughs as much at what you say as Martin Scorsese laughs at Fran Lebowitz. He just (laughs) delights in her, and it's wonderful to watch. Okay, well, Liz, now it's time. (laughs) Now it's time for our bomb which was not wonderful to read. We want to give a bomb to Brooks Barnes, who wrote what was supposed to be an obituary for Jamie Tarsus, who was a powerhouse trailblazing executive and producer who died recently at the age of 56. And we just have to say she was a phenomenal producer. She was also the president of ABC Entertainment when she was 32 years old. She was the first woman to head a network. This is a huge deal. Yes. And before we explain this bomb, we should say we are not the first people to point out how offensive this piece was. 
But it's just so bad. We feel like we had to mention it. And we also wanted to talk uh, a little bit about Jamie, who was so wonderful. Sarah, it was so upsetting. I couldn't even read the whole thing. I like skimmed it with my eyes half closed. Like I keep going back and trying to like really read every word. And it just, (laughs) I can't. It makes me sick. Well, I have to say, I have read the entire thing twice. I had the opposite reaction. I was just like... I felt like my eyes were burning the entire time, but I just, it just was so bad from word to word that I couldn't stop myself. And we should explain the reason it was so bad was because this guy, Brooks Barnes, rather than just talking about all the amazing things Jamie Tars has accomplished and how beloved she was, instead he made a point of saying all these bad things, I don't want to even go into it, but he used things like self-sabotage and like fizzled out. And these words that just don't apply, everything that he mentioned was something that she only suffered because she was a woman. Yes. And so it's like, rather than just, if you want to write about the past, then, you know, uncover what she went through as a woman in the business don't make everything that happened her fault again when it really wasn't. So it's just, again, back to the 2021 of it all. It's like, guys, like, cut it out. Yeah, and I want to read, there was a comment on Facebook, I won't say who who wrote this, but because I don't have permission, but it it kind of encompassed the whole response to me. It was in a thread of a lot of women responding just furiously to this piece. And one woman wrote, I remember feeling at the time like it was happening to all of us who were trying to find our way in that fucking boys club. But of course, making an example of her made it easier to keep the boot on our neck. Like, and that is what it felt like reading that article. Just it was so out of another era and inappropriate and the point of view was so wrong and skewed it was really not cool dude not cool and sarah we met with jamie a few times and she was so smart so real we always hoped and really assumed that eventually we would do a project with her yeah because she was just someone you were like yes that is someone i want to hitch my wagon to yeah in fact we got very close to doing a project with her and that it ended up going a different direction but it was like i was so excited at the thought of working with her because she was so smart and just like a great great person to spend time with and work with. Yeah. And Sarah, I want to um, suggest everyone watch the last show that Jamie EP'd. It's called The Wilds on Amazon. I am a huge fan of this show. It's about a group of teenage girls who end up stranded on a deserted island. I absolutely love it. My friend Amy Harris is the showrunner. And it just got ordered for season two. So you know there's going to be another season. I like watching things when you know there's going to be another season. So definitely check out The Wilds and let us know what you think. And we will, by the way, link to this piece if anyone wants to read it. And Liz, we we will also link to Jamie Tarsus's IMDb page, yes. which has yes. the list of the dozens of shows that she produced and got on the air. Yeah, just her accomplishments were so minimized. It just makes me nuts. Yes. 
Yeah, I should. we should say she's one of the executives who is behind Friends. So right there, that tells you. She was a rock star. She was an absolute glass ceiling shattering rock star and a cool person. Yeah. Coming up, we will lighten the mood with a Hollywood <laughs> hack that's going to help you maintain beautiful skin. But first, a spring. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, Liz. Yes, we are changing it up completely now to something both frivolous and very important. It's time for this week's Hollywood hack, which is wear daily sunscreen on your face and, frankly, neck and chest as well. Yes. And Sarah, you had the idea for this hack. Tell us why. Well, I used to wear sunscreen every day. I used to get Rodan and Fields, and then I had a huge backlog of it. And by the time I needed to order more, the person who was my consultant was no longer doing Rodan and Fields. <laughs> so I just sort of lost my sunscreen steam. But I really need yeah. to start again, and particularly before we go to Puerto Rico. Yes, and it's interesting, Sarah. You know, everyone says if you are going to do one thing for your skin in your life— it's wear sunscreen on your face and, as you said, neck and chest and ideally hands every day. Mm -hmm. There are so many things I don't do, as you know, <laughs> but I am religious about this. Someone told me in my late 20s, like, this is the one thing you have to do. And for whatever reason, it just struck a nerve. And since that day, I have worn sunscreen on my face every single day. Even if I don't go outside, I'm wearing sunscreen on my face. Now, Liz, is there a brand that you like? Well, like you, I do um, use Rodan and Fields. And the other brand I really like is Lancome. It's very expensive, but it's just a great feeling. What I like is something that has the moisturizer and the sunscreen combined. Yeah. But it can get greasy really fast. So the key is to find a moisturizer with a sunscreen that is not greasy. And by the way, if anyone has one that they love that's less expensive, please do share. Yeah, and for me, it's complicated because my skin is so sensitive. So I have to be really careful. Yes. I don't want to spend a ton of money on something that then it turns out my skin instantly rejects, which is what happens. I put something on my skin and, and then it, literally <laughs> my pores just like push it out. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, well. <laughs> I've seen it happen. <laughs> yes. Now, uh, lately, I have, because of this issue, <laughs> gotten really obsessed with these skincare videos on YouTube that were actually recommended by someone in our Facebook group. It's a YouTube channel called Hot and Flashy. And it's this woman who, I think she's, is she 58 or 68? I don't know. But she looks like 25. I mean, it's ridiculous. Her skin <laughs> is insane. And I'm starting to get some of those products, but I haven't seen like a great sunscreen yet. Well, Sarah, watching those videos, which you, you know, of course, pointed me toward, I am now <laughs> convinced I need this like infrared light, like iron mask looking thing. It's like, it's a real <laughs> deep rabbit hole that you can go in with skincare products. Uh, deep. 
No, I saw that too. And then I was thinking like, oh God, do I now need to like travel with a Iron Man infrared light mask? I don't know. <laughs> Let's just start with sunscreen. Yeah. All you young women out there, make that commitment to yourself. And your future self will thank you. <laughs> And that is it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. For questions or comments, email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and please subscribe if you haven't already. Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, king of remote recording. And thanks to everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thanks to everyone at Cadence 13. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Listen to other Onward Project podcasts. Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, Do the Thing with Whole30's Melissa Urban, and Everything Happens with Kate Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at sfain and Liz is at Liz Craft. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Until next week, I'm Liz Craft. And I'm Sarah Fain. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. I just don't want to have a bunch of stuff sent here and then have to like put it in a trailer and drive it home. Well, my advice is if you click on a link that someone sends and it looks like something you might want, take a screenshot Mm -hmm. so you have the brand and the name of the item. So you're not then like going through a back through a million emails and there in links. Oh, that's good. That's better than my strategy, which has basically been like putting a bunch of stuff in shopping carts like all over the Internet. (laughs) And then just hoping that I'll make my way back there at some point. (laughs) From the Onward Project.